Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. What's Producers Without a Clue, episode 12. I'm Brian Finley, and I'll be talking about the TV show I'm producing, uh, drawn to it behind the screens. And you are? Mm-hmm. I'm Mike I will be talking about uh, Chucky Chicken and his barnyard friends. So your audio broke up, so I'll just fill in the blank. You're Michael Cook. It, it, it only I am. broke up during your name. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I am Michael Cook, and I will be talking about Chuck E. Chicken and his barnyard Boom. friends. Awesome, uh, cool man. So, uh, I I got a few things I want to get into in terms of uh, animation, current events. Do you have a few things? I do, but before any of that, I actually got a really very sweet message on instagram and i needed to share Ooh. it with you so someone actually wrote to chucky chicken at instagram at real chucky chicken 08 nice. um and i got a a a message today from cameron nelson all the way in alaska and he wrote me this he wrote chucky this see i don't think he I, but he says, uh, hey, hopefully this is the real Chucky Chicken account. I just listened to the Drawn To It podcast you were a guest star on. Listening to this podcast was very inspiring to me, and your passion is palpable. I thought I'd reach out because your passion for animation is inspiring. I live in Alaska, away from animation communities and schools. I deal with anxiety and depression, so finding motivation to animate is hard sometimes. I'm going to school for a degree that I have no passion oh. for, but I'm so far along that it makes sense to finish rather than to switch to animation. I don't know. There's just a lot, and it seems like you've been through a lot, and listening to you talk gives me hope I can make it as an animator one day. I really just wanted to thank you for sharing your story. It helped me a wow, lot. Wow, man. Isn't that great? That is amazing. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is that is so sweet. I I, I mean, I, I got to thank Brian because he's the one who invited me onto his show. But that's what it's all yeah. about, man. I mean, that to me is super cool. Cameron, if you're watching this show, um, I commend you for reaching out. I mean, and, and if it, anybody who sees any of our shows, you're more than welcome 100%. to reach out. on. Yeah. You know, so I just want to tell you it is never too mm -hmm. late. It is never too late. If you're doing something that you don't have a passion for, get out of it and get into what you love. Now, the cool thing about animation today is you don't necessarily need a degree for it. I'll be the first person to tell you you don't need a degree. There are thousands upon thousands of different ways to get 
professional animation training. Uh, there's our good friends over at Cat Animation, headed up by uh, veteran animator David Parixma and his team. There's Animation Mentor, which you can go online. There's the Don Bluth University. I won't talk much about that because we all know how much uh, Brian here hates Don Bluth. Uh... I do not. <laughs> Oh, not you. Uh, who was your, your friend who had a, a, a bone to pick Well, with it wasn't me, so thanks for putting that out there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a, I'm very much a fan of uh, Don Blue's uh, design uh, style. So, uh, But yeah, yeah. The, the point is there are so many avenues out there. And right. further to your point, last night I did a, a new episode of Drawn to a Podcast with a a uh, self-professed amateur animator just starting out 27 years old uh self-taught right. um in his words uh his name is Brandon Hicks and in his okay. words he says uh I know I'm not the best artist I'm just doing it because I love it I'm making these short little animated films I'm putting them out on YouTube because it's what I want to do. And that's what it, it was actually one of the more inspiring podcasts I've done in a long time. And that's saying a lot because almost every podcast has been way inspiring, except for the two right. that made me cry afterwards. So, you know. I was one of those because you're like, why did I bring this guy no, on? No, I'm never going to get not rid at of all. him. But 100%, never too late to start and do it for the love of never it. Never too late. Don't focus on right. the people who are, you know, don't don't try to get as good as one of your heroes. Ignore that. It's right. noise. It will drag you down. Mm -hmm. It's a, a losing battle. Just... Right. If you have an idea, yeah. just do it. Yeah. Do it now and you're going to continue to get better and people will notice your work. There's too many people who say, you know, I want to write a book or I want to make a movie or I want to do a, I want to make a video game or I want to do an animated yeah. film. And they sit on their idea until they think that they have to be like the best, like they have to be a Glenn Keane or they have to be an Andreas Deshaun. No, do it now. You'll get better. Learn yep. your craft. Go and and just continue to to plunk away. And I promise you, I promise you, you will get your you will get your time in the yep. spotlight. You will get noticed. You will get. You just yep. do it. You know. Do I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people who says I wish that I would mm -hmm. have done this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just pray that you will not will not be that person either. So Cameron. Uh, he, I did reach out and I, I did thank him and I said, oh my gosh, this is really sweet. You're going to make me cry, which he almost did. Um, but then he responded back. He's like, wow, I didn't think I was even going to hear from you. Like, this is so be, cool. You know what? It'd and, be super and, and cool I, uh, for next week if he could, uh, if we could arrange to bring him into the, the conversation through a video feed, because I'd love to know what sure. it is like to be in a, an aspiring animator in Alaska where in my right. mind's eye, you're as far away from the animation industry as it gets, right? Um, right. How how do you satisfy that that bug, that drive? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I 
Alaska is too damn cold yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so, I mean, you're in, you're in freaking. Uh, yeah, Canada. but our our weather and, is no different than uh, New Hampshire or Vermont or Maine. You know, it, like I've never unless been, you're no. you're up in the Arctic uh, Circle. Um, but right. uh, yeah, that that is so cool, man. That's so cool. I know. I I was so stoked yeah. about it, and I was like, I gotta tell, I gotta tell Brian. There was a lot of cool things that I I did today. I watched uh, to to move on to the yeah. next thing. I watched uh, Tom and Jerry the movie yeah. today on HBO Max. I kind of yeah. love it. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I mean, I was so. I'm not gonna get into any spoilers here for those who haven't seen it. I'll just go ahead and and give like the overall. Um, so basically, um, in the trailers, obviously they show that Tom and Jerry the the play this the movie takes place in a mm-hmm. hotel, and there's you know a new girl who's brought onto the staff to help get rid of Jerry before this big wedding, and. Um, you know, there's the, the, uh, the human plots, you know, they kind of, you know, there's, there's significant focus to them, but Tom and Jerry and the characters really are the show, which to me is so important to a Tom and Jerry movie, but not only that, what I really liked about it, and I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of spoilery here, but that's okay. All of the animals in the Tom and Jerry movie are cartoon characters. Like even like there's a scene with a girl walking a Dalmatian That's dog cool. yeah. and the dog is a cartoon. There's a, a new, there's a, a horse drawn carriage. The horses are cartoon That's characters. Crazy. Like there's pigeons who fly in the air around New York city and the pigeons. I mean, there's even a spider in like, like in the corner of the web that it's a, a cartoon. Wow. So they just went around with it and they were just like, you know what? We got to capture the essence of what Tom and Jerry is because it would not make sense if they had Tom and Jerry, this cartoon cat and this cartoon mouse and all the other uh, characters are are like real. They went for broke and I respect that. And I love that. And that is fantastic. That's one of the things um, that pulled me out of the Elvin and the Chipmunks movie. Right. Um, Now, in 2D animation, it never did because everything looked the same, right? This isn't 2D animation. Well, it's 3D tune shaded, right? It's a a hybrid of 2D and 3D animation is what they did with this. But it's mixed with live action, right? Um, Yeah. Correct. Correct. So they wanted to bring the 2D classic Tom and Jerry cartoons to life and they studied i i was i watched a behind the scenes featurette they studied roger mm-hmm. rabbit and they were like if we're gonna make a modern day roger rabbit with tom and jerry because if we're gonna do this with tom and jerry we have to do it right there are too many people in the world who know tom and True. jerry and if yeah. you don't do tom and jerry right it is not gonna do yeah. well they nailed it they nailed tom's expressions they nailed the 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 slapstick they nailed the ancillary characters they have all they got spike they got the cats like the uh uh, the the cat Mm -hmm. gangs uh they have even like the cute uh you know female cat that tom falls in love with all the time there's even a droopy cameo i'm not gonna spoil it 
I'm not going to spoil it, but it was the funniest. It was the funniest cameo of Droopy. He's only on screen for a couple of seconds, but in context of the scene and context of the whole movie, it is hysterical. And you will, I, I literally paused. 10 minutes laughing at That's this cameo. Awesome. It was so funny. I mean, uh, to me, it just spoke true Tex Avery, true classic Hanna-Barbera, MGM era, Tom and Jerry. And I, th- they even used, I, I, I was so, I was so happy. They used the original Bill Hanna screams for Tom. Like they dug them out of the archives. They used a hybrid of both, you know, cat sounds and that classic, you know, ah, you like, I, I just, <laughs> oh, I cannot say, like, the, the story itself is boring as hell. I'm not going to lie. The story is boring. But the slapstick yeah. nailed it. They got the cartoony, like, action lines. They got the stars. I mean, it just, from an animator's point of view, someone who has been, like, dreading live-action movies, live-action animation hybrids for such a long time, if they did it like this forever, I can die a happy man. Like they took Tom and Jerry and they did it right. I am so happy with how they well, did this. Well, I look film. forward to seeing what the rest of the like over time what the reviews are as as they all come out and stuff. Um because right. you know, it'd be interesting to see what age group of animator is a hater versus a lover. You know, you right. uh, you add or subtract 10 years from the animation industry, you're in completely mm-hmm. different taste zones, you know. Right. Like there's some folks who grew up watching Garfield or yeah. the Smurfs or the Chipmunks and going, wow, why, why don't they make them realistic, you know? And then you got folks who are like our age who are like, oh, God, why do they make right. it so realistic? Or like they'll look at this and they'll go, oh, my God, they nailed it. And I'll tell you this. This gives me so much hope for Space Jam and New Legacy. Uh, the new the new Space Jam. Well, that's one of us. I've seen images of uh, just images, okay? And I I'm just like, oh, man, they're so over-rendered. They just look way crazy over-rendered, you know? If they do if they do it this way like they did in the Tom and Jerry movie, I will be happy. Now, th- th- this was something that I um, I completely uh, caught on maybe just the mm-hmm. other day. Um, the last Tom and Jerry movie that came out in theaters was 1990, uh, 1992. Oh, wow. And, my, and it's so funny because my brother was two years old when the first Tom and Jerry movie came out. And now my nieces are two years old. So now I get to essentially show this to my nieces the first time they get to see a Tom and Jerry movie or a Tom and Jerry thing. And it's around the same time that my brother got to see Tom and Jerry for the first time. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I I'm very, it took them almost 30 years, but they really did it. I can't, I I cannot say. And I mean, and it just was so well done. I mean, there was a moment where, um, where Tom, you know, saying, but other than that, I mean, it was just play. Like it, it's how they did it back in the yeah. old days. Like they studied yeah. the, the images. Look they great. Studied. They're fantastic. They look like 
2D. And what was so cool was like for they like one of the big uh, there was a clip that came out a couple days ago of Tom and Jerry and Spike the dog having this major fight and they causing like this huge tornado effect of like, you know, how like the classic, you know, cloud of fighting. Mm-hmm. Well, now that apparently becomes a tornado that can do massive damage in the real world and literally suck in all the cartoon animals, which is pretty funny. Um, But in that scene, you can actually see multiple versions of Tom and Jerry and Spike. Like one of them will be fighting each other and the other will be fighting the other. I mean, it's just it's it's pure cartoon candy. And I I cannot say enough about it. I mean, it, it is like a longer uh, Tom and Jerry cartoon. I enjoyed it. I, I cannot wait to hear the reviews. I'm sure they're going to rake it across the coals because the story was boring, but the animation is nice. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Warner's is going to do in the future. So that's one of my stories. So let's skip on over to yours. What, well, what that, do you That's have? really, I love how worked up you are over it because that, that makes me want to go see it. I haven't been like it wasn't on my radar to really go out of my way and, and look at um, uh-huh. just because I've been, I feel I've been burnt by hybrid films before. I mean, it seems like uh, ever since Roger Rabbit, nobody could quite get it with that same, I don't, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel as good. The, close, the closest one, I think, to me, and this was a very underrated film, was Looney Tunes Back in Action. I don't know if oh, you saw yes, that one. Yes. With Brent Great call. Yes. Great call. Yeah. That was That's probably the closest that they've gotten to who framed Roger Rabbit that I personally enjoyed. And I really loved that movie. I, I know it was, it didn't do very well at the box office, but I loved yeah. the film. I think that is a great, a great, great cartoon. It's a great movie. Definitely. It's very, very campy. Yeah. You know, very but, corny. But I mean, it, but it holds true to Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes right? So, right. Yeah. So, and that's the things with these, with these, uh, with these movies, these live action animation, uh, Mm -hmm. films that Tom and Jerry and back in action got the focus is not, should not be on the human characters. Mm -hmm. The focus should be on the cartoon characters in the human world. You know, now granted, uh, Roger Rabbit was that very unique, like as much as it was a story about Roger Rabbit it was the story of Eddie Valiant mm-hmm. as well and mm-hmm. his interactions with the cartoons yeah. and the tune in Toontown. Um, but for Looney Tunes and for even Tom and Jerry, the fact that they can do scenes without humans yeah, and it still be extraordinarily well done. And you're just like, wow, how did they do that? Like that's that to me was so exciting. You got to see it. It's on All HBO right, Max. Man, I'm sold. Um, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> It's free on HBO Max, cool. too. There's no, like, premium thing because Disney, you know, they're releasing their films, but they're like, oh, you can get a premium yeah, pass. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I'll don't, go watch it don't in the theater. I'll wait for it. To, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's my first uh, bit of uh, of news. I got, a, I got a few more. But anyway, you go uh, ahead and do your. Cool. Your well, bit. I just saw the trailer for the new Pixar film, Luca, coming out. Yes. And, uh. At first, I was like, oh, this just, I don't know. There's nothing happening. This is just during the trailer. I'm like, it's not much. And then all of a sudden, they're mermaids. Just 
bam, just like that. And I'm like, oh, snap. Right. Oh, this is going to be good. I, I like this idea yeah. of dual identity yeah. uh, fantasy creatures and, and uh, you know, but they're trying to, to blend in as humans. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Right. I'm into it. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, this style is very much reminds me of aspects of it remind me of Coco um, in terms of shape language. I'm not talking colors or uh, clothing and For stuff. For me, it was like if they took Steven Universe or Gravity <laughs> Falls and turned it into 3D. Oh, that's a good comparison, like yeah. And that's what, that's, yeah, that's what I got out of it. I, and I'm not a fan of that style, yeah. so I... You know, I, I kind of wrote it off. I was like, God, they're really turning this, they're turning the Cal Art style into 3D. Are they really doing that? Is this where, was this where it's come yeah. to? So, but I mean, then I saw them turn into the creatures. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I wasn't expecting yeah. it. Like I almost spit my water right. out They're in the trailer. <laughs> they, they jump a bike and fall in the water. And I'm like, okay, they're going to come yeah. up all. And then I'm like, what? Mermaids? <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm in. <laughs> right, I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see yeah. it. I I I will watch it just to say that I saw it, so I can give it a fair shake. That's where I, I guess now for this show, I have to review animated <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I'm okay with. But you know, it, it, it's cool because it keeps me up to date with what's going on in the animation industry. So yes, Luca, uh, very interesting film. Uh, again. I'm put off by the Steven Universe look and feel or the star versus the force of mm -hmm. evil kind of approach to it. Um, you know, just because I think that style has been so overdone and the fact that they're going to translate that into 3D really puts me off. I'm not going right. to lie. I'm not a big fan of the CalArt style, but, you know, I, I'm all for a good story. So let's just see what happens. Yeah, so. you know, and... Uh... Yeah. You know, excuse Michael. He's obviously had a full bowl of Judgy McJudgeos. And, uh, you know, <laughs> whoa. Tell what? <laughs> whoa. I'm very mad that you you have not mentioned the fact that I am not wearing glasses, that I am wearing Well, my I wasn't sure if you wanted me to, to bring it up, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you can see my shifty eyes, could... you know. Now you know when I'm not paying attention to you at the camera. <laughs> At least behind the glasses, I had a shield. I don't have that shield anymore. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Luca looks very interesting. Um, I do have another Go piece of animation news that I thought. Uh, Fred Siebert is back in animation news. Did you hear about this? No. He started another studio. Okay. He started up Fred Films. Uh, according to uh, our friends over at cartoonbrew.com, six months after stepping down from Frederator, uh, the animation company he founded in 1977, Fred Siebert has launched another namesake venture, Fred Films. The new production company will develop long and short-form animated series for linear TV and streaming. Very cool. I, uh, Yes, I am very intrigued to see what mr seabird is up mm -hmm. to i've um i've tried reaching out to him um i actually wanted to pitch chucky chicken to him once upon mm -hmm. a time because i thought maybe it would be good for cartoon well, it sounds like he might uh, be in a better position for it now yeah. sounds like it so i would love to see if i can get 
my hands on it. I've done a lot of research on him, and he's very much in the old school camp of don't send me a script, send me an animatic, send me something I can watch right. with his, with his uh, pitches, which I really do appreciate. Um, but, um, you know, so yeah, I, I, I was, I was kind of, I wanted to get your thoughts on this and like, how do you feel about, I don't think we ever really talked about Fred Siebert or, uh, Fred Arader or any of those. Um, cause that's, that was a huge, Fred Arader was a huge studio mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the, in the two thousands. Like you, they came out with, um, you know, they did pretty much anything Butch Hartman did. You know, with uh, Fair of the Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, uh, Bunsen is a Beast, um, Tough Puppy. Uh, all of, I mean, I think they did that until Bill, um, Hartman did Billion Fold. Um, but what do you? What was your? And then of course, Sieber was responsible for Oh Yeah cartoons on Cartoon Network, or, or uh, on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, he's responsible for really launching all of these character like he started it at with oh, what a cartoon over at uh, cartoon network and then he moved over to nickelodeon did the oh yeah cart- like he's a fan of the variety show kind of animation you know presentation and he's launched quite a big few names in the mm-hmm. business but i've never heard you talk about him so i'm curious from your perspective um, working at that time I think uh, during that time, I was very much focused on looking at the old stuff. And Mm -hmm. it pretty much consumed every minute of my day. I mean, going frame by frame, any of the older movies from, you know, The Nine Old Men and all that kind of stuff. And I sort of blocked out a lot of uh, contemporary animation as I was going through my college years and and the early part of my career. Um, And by the way, I don't recommend people do that. Like I really believe uh, as part of my my new, uh, uh, well, my constant working on myself, trying to uh, level level up uh, both mentally and artistically, it is definitely a waste of time trying to chase after your animation heroes. You are better mm-hmm. off to find your voice, do your thing, and appreciate them the way you might appreciate an iceberg floating through the harbor. Okay? Right. You don't need to swim out to it and stand on it. Right? Right. And... uh so yeah, I've I I just had my head in the sand during those years, and I was aware of them, but they it wasn't uh, something on my radar of fandom at, at that time. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's great coming back for another re up, and uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's good for the industry. It's good for developers if they're open to pitches. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it's funny because um, Tom Ruger it, it created my childhood with Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Fred Siebert was the tunes of my teens. So for me, you know, when other folks like it was so bizarre because during your teenage years, you're kind of like 
supposed to be like, oh, I'm not, you know, oh, I grew, I'm outgrowing cartoons or, <laughs> uh, you know, the cartoons. Yeah, not me. And, uh, but <laughs> all of, yeah, right. Not even yeah. me. But then there were so many amazing cartoons. You got Powerpuff Girls, De- Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, uh, Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, SpongeBob. Like the early, the odds were like awesome, you know? Um, I'd almost like to do a segment called Awesome, you know, Awesome Animation and kind of talk about our favorite shows from that period. But, um, but he was the guy who kind of gave a lot of those guys a chance and was like, yeah, let's see what you mm-hmm. can do. So I'm excited for him. People shouldn't try to chase the quality level of their heroes to such a degree that you don't execute artwork based on your own voice. Um, and that's something I learned from having Brandon Hicks on, uh, last night on the drawn to it podcast, because his honesty about where he was with his talent, uh, the, what he, what tools he had to work with, and he wasn't going to let any of that stop him from just plowing forward and producing engaging stories, little two minute films you know and uh man i right. I, I just it, it just kind of hit me i'm like god boy why wasn't i doing that 10 years ago you know because <laughs> we everybody every animator and every artist has their kind of own self-conscious i mean even i now am starting to have more bravery to uh to talk to people on a more professional level because for the longest time i always you know, I've always been in the camp of, am I really a professional or am I just faking being a professional? But now I am like, I can honestly say like, that's what I'm doing. Like I am, you know, making animation my profession by, you know, come hell or high water. Um, so obviously I, I, you know, can't go to a meeting and say, yeah, I've got all this stuff under my belt. Cause that would be a lie, but I can say like, listen, I'm, I'm starting my career. And this is how yeah. I choose to start it. You know, some people, you know, so I applaud him. I applaud uh, Brandon Hicks sounds you, so familiar. Maybe you've it's seen driving a few nuts. of his films. He's a journalist and he actually writes for uh, satire magazine uh, like The Onion, but it's called The Manatee and it's for New Brunswick, Canada and uh, or the Atlantic okay. uh, region of Canada. And it, it, it's pretty cool. I can't tell you. There's, been, I mean, I've been suckered in by a few of the articles a few times. I'm like, what? No way. What? What? And I go to tell my wife or something. Like, oh, it's not real. It's not real. I've come yeah. so close to posting on Facebook. I knew they were real. I knew aliens were here. Blah, blah, blah. And then I like, we'll see something that, oh, it's the manatee. Okay. <laughs> never mind yeah. Uh, right. yeah but i mean That's i funny. i found it really cool that um uh, somebody with that background you, you know that's uh the nine to five the pay the bills gig and everything else uh aside from his family he's just like all right i've got these uh leftover cereal boxes here so I'm going to make puppets out of them and I'm going to give them movable eyes and everything. And I'm going to, I'm going to make a film Oh yeah. and he does it. And, uh, why not? 
Yeah. Why so not? to. You know, that's yeah. how our Koki started, yeah. you know, so he may have the next Gumby and you d- we don't you know. You never know. It, so you never know. I'm but, hoping uh, for him. Anyway, uh, another piece of news I want to touch on. Uh, more so out of a selfish reason. I'm a huge fan of the He-Man cartoon. Uh, when I was a kid, it was like mm-hmm. my be-all, end-all, okay? Even more than Transformers. Okay. And, um, yeah. Wow, that's Massive. Transformers I mean, huge. just unbelievably yeah. massive. And uh, so I, I found it very funny. Uh, recently, Kevin Smith put out the first pass audio of Prince Adam going through the transformation of I have the power, you know, and the the first pass okay. of his version for He-Man, uh, I think it's called Revelations. Um, it, it's... Okay. Like, the, it is it is a new show? It is a continuation a... of where the series left off, but a reimagining of the artwork. Okay. So... So kind of like almost what She-Ra should have been. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Shots maybe. fired. I mean, I hear the writing is good on She-Ra. Um, I'm super excited because I'm a big fan of Kevin Smith. Um, I really dig his independent hustle kind of approach to the Hollywood industry. And um, a big fan of his uh, humor, the writing, Clerks uh, 1, Clerks 2 had me laughing so hard. I was, like, bawling. And uh, I got to check that out. You know, uh, if you're going to watch it, remember, it was made pre-woke, okay? Uh, But but that's part of what makes it. But they're aware (laughs) of it in the movie. Like, it, it is... A topic right. of conversation, the the type of uh, you'll see when you watch it. But yeah, I'm just uh, I'm really excited. Right. I've seen some of the, the preliminary design sketches, and they're really highly detailed and involved. And normally, I'm not into that for animation. I prefer that mm-hmm. for comic books, right? But I I'm like, right. no, I I think it's going to look cool. I, I really do. So I can't wait. I'm I'm really excited. And Kevin Smith was just so adorable to watch during the whole thing. He reminds me a lot of you in a lot of ways because he, you're you're both so passionate. Like your passion is only one layer yeah. deep under your skin, you know. And as he's watching it, he's like, right, you know, just just really freaking out and. Uh, you know, a hummingbird can fart and make Kevin Smith cry. So he's almost crying during the whole thing. He's like, oh, wait. and you see the tears welling up, right? So it it, it was just very, yeah. very uh, adorable. And as a fan, it got me excited to know that there is somebody behind it who cares that much. And they're not just like, you know... If we put a helmet on them, we're gonna add this much cost to the the production of the the merchandise. So maybe you know, like it, there is actual creative passion there. Um, so I'm excited for that. Which which I'm that that's really cool, you know. And it's so funny how you know rebooted material today 
can go either way. I actually, I, um, uh, my last bit of news that I want to talk about, um, you know, was um, Rugrats mm -hmm. is getting a reboot and they showed a clip of the new Rugrats and it's all done in CGI. Um, but they got all of the, the voice cast, mm -hmm. like all the surviving voice cast is mm -hmm. in this new show. They got E.G. Daly to do Tommy Pickles. They got um, Cheryl Chase to do Angelica. They actually have um, Nancy Cartwright standing in for Christy Cavanaugh, who was Chucky. Mm -hmm. You know, she passed away years and years and years ago. But, you know, um, so Kathy came in and has been Chucky ever since. So or Nancy, excuse me, Nancy Cartwright. So. And it's so funny because there are those who just do a reboot like Aquaman, <laughs> where it's like, oh, it's a property, it's brand new, let's just, you know, make let's contemporary, <laughs> let's contemporize it. Um, and then there's, you know, the Rugrats crew, where they they brought it back to the beginning, so there's no dill pickles, there's no uh, Kimmy, you know, there's still Susie. Like it looks like to me yeah. before the first movie. So I don't know how fans are going to feel about that. I mean, I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with it. But the passion is there in the, just the fact that they were able to get the voice cast to all sign off on it and go, yes, I want to be a part of this. The writing is still there. The acting is still there. The characters, it looks, mm. it feels different in 3D. I'm not going to lie. It looks and feels different. It's an interesting approach. I'm kind of excited for it a little bit, but you really see the the passion in some of these properties. You can tell which ones they're really putting their heart and soul into, and then which ones are obvious yeah. cash grabs. And the heart and soul ones are going to win every single time, and the cash mm -hmm. grabs are going to fail. Yeah, you know, I mean, Thundercats go. I don't it's even know if you example. could quantify then, or qualify that as a cash grab because <laughs> it just it was so bad. You know what it, it looked so like terrible. was uh, a, a, new, a bunch of hipsters got in the creative meeting, had all these new cool alternative ways to look at what it is, man, and put it out there. And, and, right. uh, yeah, it just has that vibe of just being produced and, and turned into an alt version by, by people who didn't even right. understand the fandom behind it. And that is happening over and mm -hmm. over and over on a bunch of these shows. Right, because unfortunately, either the original, like, and it depends on the property, but nine times out of ten, the original creative team are either retired, or sometimes you know the creator passed away. For example, with um, you know, yeah. He Man and with Chira, um, the the founder of Filmation uh, passed away. Joe, what was his name? Uh, I am going to get raped across the coals for not knowing his name. Oh, who's I? You know what? I'm gonna Google it real quick. I gotta find out because I, uh, filmation founder, Lou Scheimer. Uh, you know, Lou Scheimer passed away. Um, 
you know, not too long ago. So and he created He-Man. So um, that whole era of cartoons from the late 70s, early 80s are starting to get rebooted, you know, or have yeah. been rebooted for a long, long time. Um, so it's very and interesting to see I'm, what they're going to do. With I'm not He-Man. necessarily against a reboot, but mm-hmm. don't reboot it into something it just never was or or wasn't even right. intended to be. You know, Meant keep the heart of it. The right. whole thing that made it popular. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the, the, there's an essence there. And if right. you take that and go, don't need it, and replace it with whatever hipster... Uh, God, I, I, I don't even want to get into it, man. Seriously. Oh, my God. So many people have been coming to me about, like, about things today and why how things are getting changed well, and it just well, it's change been is okay but anyway but there's there's change that uh to better something and then there's change where you mm-hmm. take a beautiful thing and etch a sketch the hell out of it you shake it up so much and then you look right. at it's it very you're like, cool. well, i don't know what this is now right you know what it is? It's probably some guy, you know, came in and said, you know, we want to reboot uh, a property. Um, which one do you want to do? We want to do Thundercats. Okay, make sure it costs I, this much. I think that's oh, part well. of it. But I also think there are people in the decision-making roles who are so progressive in their thinking that it's like let's be progressive no matter what and then worry about how it looks you know and when i say progressive i right. i mean and, just and, because it looked like this 30 years ago or 20 years ago whatever doesn't mean we have to do anything that even remotely looks like that but we're still going to call it what it was well right and that's what i think pisses off a lot of people because it's like that's not what you grew up like for me a reboot is a continuation of a story that's what a reboot to me is you know it's like you're picking up the pieces and you're moving on with the story exactly i mean it could be a sequel series it could be a spiritual successor uh or a soft reboot where it's like okay we're gonna take a few things and switch it around or get rid of a few, you know, ancillary things that won't make a detrimental uh, change to the, to the look and feel of the show. See, I could be totally on board if in the, the press releases and everything, they focus on, on phrasing Mm -hmm. that makes you think it's not a reboot. It's a whole reimagining of it. If you, if you pitch it to me as the audience member, that way that changes mm-hmm. my how i'm expecting to view it if you pitch it to me as a reboot right um i'm sorry but reboot mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't communicate to me that you're going to change every aspect of it that w- both visual story right. style all that stuff right a reboot is sort of uh right. uh it, <laughs> I don't know. I I guess it gets really muddy. It's like it's like if I was gonna go to um, it was like if I was gonna go to MGM 
or, or I was going to go to an older studio and say, for example, uh, I'm going to reboot Mighty Mouse. Like I, I'm going to take the, I I'm going to purchase Mighty the Mouse. rights to Mighty Mouse, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mm-hmm. uh, reboot that show. Okay, you hear Mighty Mouse, you have a very specific vision yes. of what Mighty Mouse yes. is to you. It's either going to be the Terry Tune version from the 50s and 60s, or it's going to be the Ralph Bakshi version that was in the 90s. You know, but either way, there's going to be a there's going to be certain things that you expect Mm -hmm. from Mighty Mouse. Now, if I came out with a new Mighty Mouse and I said, I'm going to do a soft reboot, you're going to expect certain things to be there. You're going to expect him to look like buff Mickey Mouse. You're going to expect him to wear red and yellow. You're going to expect him to say, here I come to save the day. Mm -hmm. You're going to expect the theme song. If I went in and I, you know, made him a robot and I made him just like, I'm going to kill everybody, you know, and I just totally changed everything about Mighty Mouse. That's not a reboot. That's a re-overhaul. It's a re-imagining, right? And I don't know why they they don't prepare the audience with the phrasing that will set their expectations like like quentin Tar- tarantino oh, I will tell you exactly what rumors are yeah. circulating right now that he is doing a reimagining of star trek okay so okay there are rumors that he is gonna do his own star trek film it's a reimagining of it now do you think now do you think that he's gonna call it a reimagining because See, when I hear that, if you're going to reimagine Star Trek, in my mind, the first thing that I hear if someone is going to redo Star Trek is they're going to try and make it like Star Wars. Well, that that's a okay sub- that. subjective element. That's just how you interpret it. Um, but they're they're right. going uh, the the verbiage that's been put out is a reimagining based on. Quentin Tarantino's style of movie making, the violence, the language, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's like Quentin Tar- Tarantino uh, infected Star Trek and came up with a reimagining of it. That clears the deck for for me. I can watch that without holding precious any of the tropes that that came with it because. It's been presented to me as a whole new look, a whole new thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now here in Cartoon Brew, and uh, yeah, it is It is nothing like, I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if this is even it. I think this could be Troll Hunters. Um, I, I think they, yeah, it looks like they, uh, they have a picture of the troll. No, no, okay. All right. Wow. That is very different. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not Star Trek. Like that, that is something completely new and, di- and different. I mean, at that point, why even call it? See, that's the thing. Like, I don't, well, that's another the, thing I don't the understand. The equivalent of like uh, Guns and Roses covering, uh, uh, you know, knocking on Heaven's Door, which is a Bob Dylan thing, right? It, it's just a cover. It's like, we're going to sing this song, but our way. And I'm cool with that. But here's but here's the thing. Like, I'm looking at this artwork, <laughs> and it looks absolutely nothing 
Like you're, you're looking at Star Quentin Trek. Tarantino like I, Star Trek mind, on Cartoon Brew. Correct. Really? Correct. There's a there's yeah. Please, yep, there, I'll send you the link right now. I don't know if this is it, um, but it's it talks about like all the new stuff that's coming out here. They're talking about Avatar, Rugrats, and uh, Star Trek. Um, and if that if this is the Star Trek that we're that we're looking at now. Which I think it is, uh, based off of what I'm, I'm looking at here on the uh, on the article. Then, if it's going to be this drastic of a change, don't even call no, it that, Star that's Trek. That's an animated don't thing, even though. Quentin Tarantino's the... thing isn't animated; it's a live action thing. This is a whole different thing. I wasn't even aware of. Yeah, no, oh. this is. Very interesting. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, huh. No, so what we're looking at is uh, Star yeah. Trek Prodigy, animated show originally conceived Correct. for Nickelodeon. Well, that's interesting, man. I be- I didn't even know that was a thing. And I think they're trying to yeah. piggyback on the Star Wars uh, Rebel uh, show. I, I, Rebels? I forget the name of it. I I don't watch it. I just know it's really popular. Um, so to me, it, it it's yeah. sort of like the a gang of um, misfits and in the Star Wars universe, and they're you know trying ultimately trying to do good, which is what this poster appears to be. But no, that's not Quentin Tarantino's uh, project. No. Okay. Well, then I'm wrong. Okay. Then that's. That's fine. So, um, but again, kind of the same vein, same problem. Like if, if you're going to go that drastically different with it, if you were not created enough to find a new name, oh, go to a Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go News. to somebody beep, else. Beep, 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 beep. This just in. Uh, IndieWire reporting Quentin Tarantino hints at Star Trek exit. I don't think I'm going to direct it. So that's the headline, which is all I ever read. Um, and there's all kinds of words under it. So Indie Wire. Um, so another falling out. Which, by the way, by the way, this is, <laughs> okay. this is like the thing in Hollywood. Um, in, you know, so many productions come just that close to get made. The actors are signed on, the the financings in place and the producers have begun lining up locations and, you know, putting together uh, shooting strategies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then one, one little thing happens and it just done, you know, and uh, what yeah. was going to be now will never be. And uh, I, I just, it's on IndieWire. I'll, I'll send you. By the way, I have no idea how credible that website is. So, yeah. IndieWire? I don't either. Because I, I typed Star Trek, and the, the latest thing that they have on there is from January of this year. So mm-hmm. let me take a look and see what you're looking at here. Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Oh, from earlier, from January. Yeah. 4th. This was last year. Uh, the project isn't necessarily dead, but Tarantino seems to have moved on from wanting to direct it. Okay, well then the one that I was looking at, uh, that's a little bit more relevant than that mm. was just from last month. 
So let me take a look at that yeah. just for your sake here. Uh, January 8th of 2021, Star Trek Discovery finale review. The season long reboot no, comes to Discovery. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, it, anyway, anyway, never mind. We, we can uh, move on for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of cool okay. things happening in, in the industry. It's a lot to keep track of, man. It's so much, especially if you've got your own projects on the go and everything. Um, I, you know, to be honest, yeah. I don't have time to watch animation outside of whatever I'm involved in during the nine to five plus hours of the workday. Um, when, when I end my right. work day, I, I am just so done with animation. Uh, I, I need a good live action movie. You know, I need to look at a color palette that is not punching me in the face, you know? Right. No, I hear you there. I, um, it's nice to come home because my parents have this very vast, um, DVD collection. And then they also have like all the streaming services mm -hmm. here as well that I don't have. So, um, like for example, today I just put on wall street with, uh, yeah. Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas, something completely different from what I am even interested in. But, you know, I thought it was appropriate because with all the stock, yeah. you know, <laughs> all the stocks that has been going on, yeah. the stock market crash and everything with GameStop and AMC. And it just was like, you know, this, and it was funny because I watched wall street and I watched the sequel Wall Street, um, uh, money. I forget what the this. It's like uh, I forget what the other one is. Um, but I watched that literally probably about a week before the whole GameStop thing happened. So I'm just like, huh, yeah. very interesting. Um, what updates anyway, do you so, have, brother? Brother. Honestly. The only thing that I can talk about today um, that I think is uh, pretty appropriate um, is uh, the pitch meeting that I had with um, the agents of Anna Brisbane. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, um, that's okay. But for those of you who know who she is, then you'll know who she is. Anna Brisbane is a very famous uh, voice actress. She got started on YouTube and now has become SAG affiliated as a very, uh, as an up and coming uh, voice actress in the industry. And I thought that maybe I could reach out to her directly and see if we could get her on board for Chucky Chicken. Now I had this meeting set Ooh, up for careful about a now. month or so. Careful now. What? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. I'm I've saying don't, don't to say. reveal um, too much. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to name agencies or anything like that. I'm just going to talk from my experience for the first time I've cool. ever properly pitched cool. the show to an agent, because I think very it is important. very important as a producer you need to learn how to do it. And this was a great learning exercise because there were a few questions that I was asked. I didn't get too many questions asked because as soon as I gave them the answers, they were like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> the first one was, um, tell me a little bit about the project. So I told them about the project. 
uh, I told them who was involved, and they asked, are they under contract? And I said, no, they're not under contract. They're, uh, you know, it's a verbal agreement or just an understanding. And um, they they asked, what is the plan with, with your show? And I said, well, the initial plan was to try and get it onto a streaming service. Now we're trying to get it onto YouTube. Like, we're just, you were just, I was honest with them. You know, I had a conversation with my, my dad, and he said, listen, don't go in saying that you're something that you're not. That sounds the truth. so familiar. You're starting out. If I could just remember where. Every, where Everybody the, says that whenever There was they, some handsome guy I know um, had said that to you. Somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and you have also mentioned that it is more important to be honest than try and. And that's my policy, too. I would much rather be honest and say, I ain't got any money. Um, I'm not paying anybody anything to do this. They're doing it because of the passion of the show, um, not for the money, not for the paycheck. Um, and that's what I presented. And they were very kind, and I told them straight up, I said, listen, you guys are the first time I'm ever pitching to agents. I've watched a lot of Entourage, so agents kind of scare me. They laughed, <laughs> so that was good. Um, and they were very, very, they were very kind, and they said, to be honest with you, based off of the pitch Bible that you presented to us, we thought that you were like a straight-up, legit studio, ready to go. Like, this is very deceptively <laughs> professional. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. And that was with no money, by the way. So imagine what I can do with money, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I got the email the next day. I sent a, a thank you email. I said, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I hope it wasn't a complete waste of time. I'm looking forward to hearing what Anna thinks. And uh, her representation the obvious answer, you know, she's interested, but she is SAG affiliated and she's very hesitant to do any non-SAG projects um, for the time being. But once you become SAG, let us know. We want to work with you. So that was special. Yeah. And that was really cool. They were very kind. They were really great with their time. It was only a half hour meeting, but they were very, uh, it was, it was a very unique situation. It was something that I had not done before. Um, I did kind of worry myself a little bit into a stupor, but you know, sure. that's what that, you do. It's all in a day's work for me, yeah. but yeah. right. So I would say, and then it, it caused me to really think about the next step in the process for the cartoon, because we now have a, you know, for, for, a, sans a couple pages that I want to put in. We have a complete mm -hmm. pitch Bible, including right after the cover, this amazing poster, by the way, which just is absolutely fantastic. And it just looks so great. And this is exactly mm -hmm. what I mm -hmm. sent them. This is what I presented. So I sent them this along with all the updated artwork. And, you know, it's just it's really this is really great. If you're going to pitch to people, make sure you get this done this is going to be yeah. your bread and butter if they're hooked on this mm -hmm. they will talk with you <laughs> the next step is if you got the yeah. money they'll yeah. work with you <laughs> but 
but it was a great learning experience. I learned number one, um, don't pitch to people. Don't go in saying that it's a waste of time. Um, don't give them the impression that it's a waste of time. You got to sell yourself. You got to sell your passion and you got to sell what you love about the project. And they asked all the right questions. Their ears perked up when I said, Oh, you got Alex Clark. Oh, you got Mike Pollock. Oh, you got Tom mm -hmm. Ruger. Tell us more. Tell us more. Are they contracted? Are they, you know, uh, is this going to be a SAG, uh, you know, operated thing? Like, are you affiliated with anybody? Are, are you with a union? Like, mm -hmm. tell us about your studio and blah, 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 blah. And I couldn't give them any answers that sounded professional enough. Like it was way above my pay grade. So for me, it was kind of, I, I gave them a defeatist attitude because I didn't want to lie. I didn't want to go in and say, oh yeah, we're a, you know, we're, we're a, a studio. We've been around for, for four years and we've gotten all this under the belt and da, 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 da. I mean, technically Aaron and I, you know, named our organization Valley Studios in 2017. We didn't incorporate anything until mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we don't pay anybody. We don't, I mean, we have a, a, an office building in downtown Davenport. We don't have a studio building. I don't pay a lease on a building, you know, to for strictly for the purposes of animation. A lot of times mm -hmm. I'm working from home. Um, so, so it's from the, from me, like a bootstrap, like, uh, passion driven project. But again, take correct. note of where you got to and use it as a focusing um, parameter of where you need to go, right? Mm -hmm. It's a win. Everything you're right. telling me right now just sounds like a fantastic win. And it sounds to me like they were so right. kind um, when really they could have been like, you know, get the F out of here, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 what I was, I was fearful, but they, they were very, very complimentary they said you know what for the first time pitching to an agent you did everything right you you, you said the right things you presented yourself in a wonderful way you're very passionate you're very we can hear in the tone of your voice how passionate you are about your project um i'm sure if it were up to anna mm -hmm. she would she would do it but you know, SAG has rules, you know, SAG-AFTRA has a certain things that their actors yep. can and cannot do. And once you become a SAG actor, you can't do any non-union projects. You have to go yep. through SAG. So, um, which is understandable. I mean, even a few people that I thought that we were going to be able to get for our show, I recently found out are through SAG, um, so I don't even know if well, we're going to be able to get them. the question is, how do which you is become part of SAG? Right? That's the next question. Um, so <clears throat> while I'm in town, <clears throat> I am going to go to the mm -hmm. SAG office in Chicago, and I'm going to present my case, and I'm going to go, hey, you know, we're a startup in Davenport, but I'm originally from Chicago. My license mm -hmm. says I'm from Chicago. Um I got this idea. I want to work with people. I have talent. Mm -hmm. How do I get in? What are my dues? What do I need to do? And I'm going to go on a fact-finding mission because I want to work with people in a more professional level. I do want to 
to upgrade that. But I am now in the camp of <clears throat> if I can't get the actual people to do the voice that I want, I am more than willing to go and open the door to people mm -hmm. who are not as well known. I think that is a important, the, 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 it allows me to get down a couple of steps and go, okay, my dream was to combine Hollywood and YouTube and put it together. Hollywood is sort of rejecting me at this point. I'm only on YouTube. So I got to, mm -hmm. I got to stick with my strengths. I got to stick with where the interest is in and I got to stick with what's feasible right now. Now, if I got a hundred million, a hundred thousand dollars today, it's taken me um, a meeting with this individual to uh, these individuals uh, to essentially go. You know what? Anna Brisbane is great, but I don't need Anna Brisbane. You know, there's probably twenty girls who sound exactly like her that are unknown that I could. 100% mm -hmm. get to do the voices because at the yeah. end of the day you're 100% right mm -hmm. a voice is expandable like you can find a voice actor um you can not to say because I am a voice actor I've done I've done the gig you know I've done the the voice mm -hmm. acting stuff for for a while uh I've been asked to do shorts and I've been asked to do uh different projects and I've happily done them and I've gotten paid to do a few of them and that makes me feel good. I get my name in the credits and I go back and I watch mm -hmm. the show and it's cool. Do I get a call back? Maybe. Mm -hmm. If I don't, that's cool. You know, if they find somebody who sounds exactly like me, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Um but you know um it cause because that means if they can do it cheaper than what I can yeah. do it for, then I'm out of the gig, you know, and that's that's just it. So now it's like it's gotten to the point where it's like and then I also realized about how um, when you're trying to get somebody in particular, sound alikes, I think, are going to be the way to go, um, especially well, with some of the characters that we're that trying to cast. We're trying to do likeness uh, lawsuits and stuff. You know, I, I, I'm a big fan of like, right. you know, just go Bad as original as you can, you know, but if you're inspired by a certain mm -hmm. person, uh, that's fine. Right. Like Luca Bacon, like we, we want him to right. kind of sound like Dom DeLuise, you know, uh, Margarita McCaw, we want her to be influenced by Sofia Vergata, you know. Louis Loon, I want to have yeah. Ozzy Man review to his voice. You know, he you, you got like your your mandatories. Like this is the hill that I'm gonna die on. But then you also have the, I know I'm never gonna get Sofia Vergara to work with me at this point in my career right now. Let yeah. me find someone who sounds like her, who would have just as much fun doing the role. That's where I'm at and that's where my head is at. And if I could find a couple of YouTubers who are in the business or who aren't in the business, but are trying to get their feet wet and are trying to do it for the experience and are really good, then why not? You know, that's, that's the beauty of this. I mean, it's in a way we're, we're kind of 
an educational ground while we're also trying to level ourselves up to a part where we can play with the big dogs. So that was my weekend. And um, it was Mm -hmm. a very interesting, my week, I should say. It was a very interesting meeting, especially with traveling uh, from Iowa back to Illinois, bringing all of my equipment with me because I'm going to be here for a month. Just a lot. And then to have that meeting and it just, there was just a lot going on. But the good news is I took a lot out of it. Uh, The other thing is, um, you know, Mm -hmm. offer something, you know, even if it's like, if you know for a fact you can offer $20, offer $20. You know, if you got to preface that with, I don't mean to insult you or insult your client. This is literally all the money in the world that I have. I will pay her $20 for the role. She can turn it down. I do not doubt that she will, but that is what I have to offer. Um, I didn't offer anything. I just said, listen, I just want to work with her. Like, that's just, you know, my deal. And I feel like I kind of shut the door on any sort of negotiation because I just offered, I offered Mm -hmm. what was in it for me and not necessarily what Mm -hmm. was in it for her or for them. And that's, that was kind of the key. Like now I, the next person that I want to talk to and the next person that I want to pitch the show to, to be involved with the show, I have to Mm -hmm. go and I have to do the research and I have to go, okay, what roles have they done and what roles do they like to do? What roles do they not like to do? What do I have a better chance of pitching to this person instead of going in blind? You know what I mean? And for example, Mike Pollack, when I got him involved with the show back in 2015, I sent him, uh, you know, I had been talking with him on and off, not, not too much. I did an interview with him for school and then we just kept in contact, which was wonderful. Um, But the one thing that I knew that he hated uh, or at the time was he hated people constantly bringing up the fact that Mm -hmm. he did Dr. Eggman's voice for the Sonic game. I don't mention Eggman. When I talk to Mike, I just don't out of respect for him, out of respect for his professional, because he's not just Mm -hmm. Dr. Eggman. He has done multitudes of different voices and I love his range. And I was like, listen, um, you're from, and I found out he's from New York. He lives in Brooklyn. So for me, it was perfect (laughs) to go, listen, I got a Brooklyn Turkey if you give, if you do your voice of meat from Ultimate Muscle, which is this kind of, you know, Brooklynite sort of gravelly voice here that he's got, I mean, that's perfect. That's, a, you know, I could do the voice. You know, I could even do the voice. But the fact that it's yeah. Mike doing the voice, you know, that to me was important because I wanted to reach out to him and he was the, and he accepted and he said, yeah, I will do it. He gave me the footage. He sounded exactly how I imagined him to sound. Call it a day. Perfect. Sweet. He's Tommy Turkey forevermore. You know, so so that to me, that was the like the best case scenario because I went in as a fan, but I went in as a professional. I said, listen, I got this character. This is what I want you to do. Would you be interested? He could have easily said, you know, I appreciate the offer, but no, Um but yeah. he didn't. He took a chance and he did it. And he was very kind with his time. 
Now I have sure. to pay him buku bucks to do it, but I'm willing to. Do that. Yeah, when you, know, you find it, I'm willing to go and make sure. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's the thing. Like, there are people who are very negotiable and easy to work with, and they have the rates on their YouTube yeah. chat on their online. So I went and I looked at his rates, and I said, "Okay, so this is what." And he says, "And it's a minimum of this amount of time." So I'm like, "Okay." We can do that, but we're not going to do it right now. Yeah. We're going to wait till we get our budget. But as long as we have you locked in, that's what matters to me. And then he can yeah. go, yeah, sure, no problem. Or he can go, eh, you know, not anymore. But um, thankfully, everything that I tag him in and post him in, he has mm -hmm. been very rece receptive and very, uh, very good about liking and commenting. And like he's, he, I think he does really enjoy the role, even though he hasn't done it in a long time. Well, I'm sure he could fall he still right back is ready into to it. Do, I, so, yeah. So super oh, cool, 100%. man. Big week for you. A lot of learning. Um, yes. And now you know where to go. Um, you know, you've gained knowledge to help right. you correct your course. And that is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to right. take chances, and if they don't work out, learn from them and take another chance. And, you know, it's a right. compounded education. And as you go, you just get better. Yep. That's it. Um, on my end, my updates yep. with uh, Drawn to It Behind the Screens, um, we have Toon Boom on as a sponsor, which I'm – I'm so thrilled about wonderful. that. Uh, we have our locations mapped out for all seven shows, and we are in the process of securing them all. We have about 70% uh, of them uh, secured. Uh, there's a few that we're waiting for confirmation on. Um, so I have uh, all my guests are all lined up, and... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll be uh, working with them very soon on uh, shooting their segments and uh, getting all that footage in the can. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, this studio here is going to be going under a remodel <clears throat> for the purposes of, of the show and um, just to sort of freshen it up, too. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that's all very exciting stuff. I mean, I now you're very it's very cool because I get the, the opportunity to ask you all like the nitty gritty questions like, do you have NDAs out? Uh, did you go the NDA route? Did you go the um, you can talk about it with folks like are you able to divulge information like how much your budget per yeah, so episode is or every is episode has been budgeted out um every episode has uh media release forms ndas uh for anybody who appears on camera um and uh okay. they are including yeah, yourself including myself <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> So technically, you're breaking your NDA. No, well, I, I have a general <laughs> NDA with um, Bell, and there are certain things I can, I can talk about very broad strokes. Um, I, I just can't uh, get into super details, right? So I can't, I can't give numbers right. and 
you know, that, that type of thing. But, um, yeah, it's very exciting. There's a few locations I'm super excited to film on. Um, and I've, I'll be announcing those in the weeks to come. Um, and it's it's okay. going to be awesome. Some of the guests uh, who are coming on to give some of their knowledge uh, for their segment are like top Disney animators, um, you know, uh, top sound people, like really, really super experienced people. So uh, if you've ever wanted to watch uh, a, a mini series about the making of animation, um, then the, this show is just going to be right up your alley. And I'm, and I'm excited to share and to promote and to just let yeah, it's a, check out drawn to it behind be awesome. the screens because uh i love the the original drawn to it podcast i mean it's just you've grown so much and you deserve it now mm-hmm. i know you can't divulge numbers i understand that but for you personally did you get you know when it came to the budget for the show did you go into them with a a general budget like this is how much i need or did they just say um, here's what we're giving you, take it or leave it. Or I, I broke it, I broke it down for what I could do it that. for and what I wanted. And I went in with that and then negotiations mm-hmm. happened off that. Now, when I say broke it down, I broke it down. I broke it down from, you know, what, what are the costs per episode for cinematographer, uh, gear expenses, traveling expenses, um, you know, second shooters, um, you, you know, all the, all kinds of different things that have to have a dollar amount attached to them to make sure that they can be implemented right. in the production pipeline, right? And uh, they were right. they were happy with with uh, how I broke it down, and you know, the, for that part, there was there was no further discussion. It was pretty plain. You know, uh, very detailed, and um, so yeah, it, it's when when you're when you're at that point of uh, talks with uh, anybody who wants to buy into your show concept, um, the more that you have to be super clear, right? And if you get, if you get to a point where you can't answer a question, don't say, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. Say. I don't know right now. I'll come back to you tomorrow with the answer. And make sure you do. You you go home and you figure out the answer and you talk to them again the next day. Right. Yeah. Right. I almost am curious to what I would like to do, um, and maybe this could be something that we could do as like a PWAC extra video. Um, I think that it would be kind of fun to sit down and break down the budget of what it would mean, of what it would cost to do uh, an episode of Chucky Chicken. Because we've we've done that already. You and I and Rebecca and Aaron have sat down and done that. But I think it would. I mean, and again, if you don't think that's appropriate, or if you don't think that's yeah, wise, I, I wouldn't do that because idea, every studio yeah. is so different. Uh, based on their financial resources, mm-hmm. what they can offer, that it's it really is a different uh, temperature per studio, right? 
And uh, so what's more important is uh, making sure things like your pitch Bible are in order, because before you even get to the budget stuff, you've got to make it through the pitch. Uh, you got to make it to the second meeting, which is like, okay, we love your pitch. We want to take this up the ladder. Okay. So. Right. That was my next question. So you went to them after they greenlit the project and then you went ahead with them with the budget or did you go into the second meeting with the budget and then they greenlit it there? And again, if you, if this is all no, too much I, to talk about, you, I get you it. You approach but somebody with the seed idea, right? And they will probably have right. questions for you, not unlike what you just described with your meeting with the agents, right? And they will have questions for you. They right. are trying to figure out, can you do what you say you're about to do? Because their right. time is valuable, and they only want to work with people who can deliver, right? So they're going to try, they're, right. they're going to probe you. They want to know. Right. And everybody wants to say, yeah, man, I got it covered. No problem. Right. It's their job to weed right. out the the people who are full of bullshit versus people who can right. deliver. Um, so. Right. I'm in that middle ground where I'm not bullshitting, but I can't deliver. <laughs> well, a lot of people are there. And uh and, uh, you know, right. I'm, I still consider myself to be there because when this show is done shooting, I'm right back to square one again. Right. And I have to, I yeah. have to come up with a strategy of leveraging those seven episodes into the next project for drawn to its studios and so on and so on a snowball go right. rolling downhill, right. Picking up momentum. Hopefully right. we'll see. Um, but the, the other benefit that came out of all this is, um, my, my kids, man, my, my two oldest kids are really mm -hmm. taking to the education that I'm giving them in production. They're also taking online courses in film production and social media marketing awesome because they have their own projects that they want to um grow under the drawn to it studios family business i guess for all intents and purposes right same with that social media marketing course i want to take that she, one because i need my it daughter now. comes out every other <laughs> night saying hey dad did you know that blah 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 and i'm like no 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 <laughs> yeah. no, no, no idea no, 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 no. no idea no, but no, i mean if you no, went no, down no, in my no, basement no. right now they've got over half of it taken over it's yeah. a full set there there's soft box lights set up just like i've got up here there are cameras set up there's a whole set for their podcast they're going to be doing in the next week or two uh starting up and uh you know, I, I started my uh, podcast drawn to it with like the crappiest little GoPro one camera that couldn't even focus properly. <laughs> and I did like 25 ep right. episodes with that thing. But yeah, my, my kids are benefiting <laughs> from their, their podcast yeah. is going to have a great camera, professional sound recording gear. Like they're, they're like, they're fully mic'd and all ready to go, you know, so, um, you are, you are living, 
it's so funny to hear you say that because to me, um, since I've been home, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with my parents about Chucky and about my career and, and yeah, where you got to get go a real there. job and no, 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 and no, 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 Like they have been my, <laughs> bitch weird. Uh, <laughs> um, and we had that, we had a very interesting conversation um, based off of like, I look at what you do for your kids and I am so happy for them because they have in you what I wish that I had from my father. Now, my dad is the kind of guy that is always trying to help everybody that he can. He is always there to help in some way, shape or form. For example, my brother, when he got out of the army, he became an electrician. He went to the union. He did the apprenticeship. My dad helped him every single step of the way. He's now on his way to taking over the family business. My dad is training him. My dad is coaching him. My dad is is putting him in the like my dad busted open that door for him. You know what I mean? My little sister, she wanted to be a firefighter. So my dad really couldn't do a whole lot there, but what he did do was when she did get hired on to uh, the local fire department here, there were some prejudice issues that she had to deal with that my dad, being a very influential person in our town, was able to handle and able to be like, yo, that's my daughter. Knock this shit off. You know what I mean? With me well, listen, and my if, career. If your dad's influential, tell him to hold in the summertime to hold a, a fundraising Chuck E. Chicken barbecue for all of his uh, business friends and uh, raise some capital. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's there, there are, there are still idea. things he can do if you think outside of the box enough. Right. right? So, right. Yeah. And that's, and that was the, that was the, uh, the point that I'm trying to make. It's like, my dad, like, but that's the thing. Like, I can't, like, we had the conversation where he's like, I've been able to help your brother. I've been able to help your sister, but it eats me alive that I can't help you in the way that I've been able to help them. And I don't know how to help you. And I'm thinking, you know, you you got the financial part of it. You could do that for me in a wink. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the guy that says, hey, dad, can you lend me 160 grand? And I'll pay, pay you back. In no, five I, years. I think like, the help you need that, to get from your dad work. is say, dad, I know how you can help me. Help me get investors mm -hmm. or donations towards funding a, a Chuck E. Chicken cartoon. We could throw a barbecue. We could throw another right. event, or you, you know, some something. Right. You know, help me do that. Help me leverage right. uh, your influence in the community, much the same way you did for my sister, uh, towards my creative endeavors. Mm -hmm. Let's let's talk about that. Right. You know. And it's funny because um, on that note, 
we, it was just a very interesting conversation because I would much rather, you know, uh, oh my God, what was I going to say? I, I had the thought and then you just. Okay. Well, I wasn't done. So I'm going to go back to talking about my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So in, in planning out the episodes, um, you know, talking about a, a show about animation or whatever, uh, it doesn't matter what the show's about. You need to conceptualize it, right? Um, at some point, somebody has to sit down and start considering things like uh, the opening sequence. How how might that look, right? That's your chance to hook people right, right away within 15 to 30 seconds, right? Um, and so the, the other night, like just, you know, I was having a, a, a bad night with back pain. I couldn't fall asleep. Um, laying on the couch, and I, I just started doing thumbnails of s- storyboard ideas. So it's probably hard to see. Um, oh, I yeah. can't really see very well. Oh, you know, there we go. Just just doing somewhat. Th- I got pages of them, right? And uh, in in a certain order, combined with uh, other things that are on my computer, I, I came up with a rough idea of how I wanted my opening to look. And uh, I'll take these and I'll further refine them into a full animatic and uh, really, you know, say, oh, okay, cool. That, that's a, this is going to fly in this way and cut to footage of me doing this or whatever, right? And, um, yeah, so it's still a very visual process. Now... The part that is uh, challenging for me is all the paperwork stuff. Um, you know, that, that my switching over to the the non-creative part of your brain, and you know, it, like I have right. to apply for filming permits, and um, I, there's insurance I have to get, and you know. Now, do you does that come out of your it's pocket, or does that come out of balance? Production budget. Okay. Yeah. That's all part of the production budget. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, you, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. Have you had any issues? I mean, and again, I know this is all like probably all hush hush. Um, have you had any issues getting permits for certain places? Uh, to no. Actually, the type of filming that we're going to be doing is very run-and-gun kind of filming. And truthfully, we could probably do it without getting the permits, but I don't want to do it that way. I want to do everything by the book, right? Um, And so, uh, like, I I reached out to somebody about uh, requesting to do some filming in Halifax. And um, she was Mm -hmm. like, well, do you need to shut down the whole street? And I'm like, no, 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 uh, no, you know, just, uh, going to be a shooter and me on a sidewalk and say, oh, okay, well for that scale, right. you don't need to pay these fees. So that eliminated all that. Right. You just need to fill out this paperwork and file it. I'm like, okay, fantastic. That's great. Right. Questions like, okay, if you're filming on a public street, are you filming, um, what are you filming? Is it a scene that uh, mocks uh, of violence? Are there, are there weapon props being used? If there are, you have to make sure our police are notified. And 
they know what time from what right. time to stop time you're going to be filming what the scene is about and and also uh right. you may need to get permission from local businesses or or something as well um maybe not permission but you have to notify them because you know you, you read about it all the time right. independent filmmakers getting the cops called on them because they're using rubber guns you know for for shootout scenes and you know nobody wants that right um right when we so did oh there, sorry go ahead. there's a lot that you have to think about that you wouldn't necessarily it, it wouldn't necessarily be on your list of uh, to do priorities because priorities. as a creative, you're like, okay, so I'm going to shoot this shot like this, but uh, right. And, and then right. um, I, I'm grateful for the education I've gotten from people who have shared the information with me that I reach out to. And uh, it's really opened up my eyes. Right. So if there is a season two, it will go that much better, smoother. <laughs> when we did hodgepodge um my throat you, is so bad today we actually and it's still on youtube you can watch it today uh episode two act one we uh planned to shoot in the streets of downtown st charles illinois on main street or uh yeah uh, Ma yeah uh, main street or 64th street uh, west avenue anyway right in front of the arcada theater in st charles and there was a bunch of different businesses there. It's a very, it's right on the river. It was, uh, I want to say we filmed it in October. So they had like festivals and stuff going on, all sorts of different things. So it was What's a very interesting time YouTube? to film. Hodgepodge Tonight, capital H-O-D-G-E, capital P-O-D-G-E, Tonight. And, um... We, we didn't file any permits. We just grabbed our cameras. We met downtown and we shot it. And it was so funny because we had people come up and ask us like, oh, are you, what are you filming? And we had to tell them what well, we're doing a, uh, you know, a variety show kind of thing. And a, a few people asked us, do you have permits? And we're like, uh, no, we don't. <laughs> so, but we were very thankful. We actually went into a bar and, uh, the, the owner of the bar was there and she was really sweet and she actually made it into the episode um, as it, it, they were really, really great. We had dinner there afterwards. And you locked really, out really because great. you can get um, massive it, fines, uh, for, right? And, oh, and yeah. that's oh, one yeah. thing I do not have in my production budget is fine budget. You know, <laughs> that's why I got to do everything by the book. Well, we were just a it bunch of dumb kids. Like I got I an email saying even student films have to go through that process. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. See, I, and I, when you're an animator, right. you don't have to worry about, That's right. you know, filming permits. You literally are making the, the set to like, you're going to ask yourself if you yeah. can film in your, yeah. in your animated backdrop. I don't think so. So I just, I mean, I, I look back at all the stuff that I've done in my past and I think to myself, Oh my God, 
how lucky and how graced out was I that there weren't any police officers who came up and said, you got a permit to be filming here. Like, like one bad cop or one cop who just had a really crappy day, just coming up on the beat, just seeing these kids, you know, putting up, putting up posters, by the way, putting up posters for a show that doesn't exist holding auditions for a show that doesn't exist. And then I, I, I cringe when I think about it. We put a poster on a stop sign. On a stop oh. sign. <laughs> Luckily, it was on a road that nobody yeah. really used anymore. We were able to kind of somewhat block it off. Or we had like... We had guards or we had watchers on like each side of the street going, you're good. You know, and we actually had somebody roll through the stop sign a couple of times because they didn't realize that it was a stop sign. But it just, I mean, I think I back wonder what I go, the oh statute God, of the limitations crap. is on that. I mean, this, this was almost, this was way past that. Like this was back in, 2014 so it's you know coming on seven years fingers so crossed they can bite me <laughs> <laughs> i've i mean it's been so long they've i've not gotten any reports yeah. on it yet so you know tis what it is but i just i think god the crap that i got away with that i know for a fact that if i if i want to do if i want to work in the industry now it's like working by the book and that was one of the things that kind of deterred me from doing live action because I don't want to have to put up with messing with yeah. other people's schedules or going and filing permits or going by the book in that way when I could just literally yeah. write the book <laughs> and then yeah. go and do my cool. thing. So, but yeah, that's very cool that you're that you're learning about that and you're you're figuring out exactly the logistics. And the legalities and and for Canadian law, I can imagine it's drastically different. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's sort of it's different from town to town. Um, right. Like I'm sure Montreal has something different than Quebec has something different from Ontario from New Brunswick and you know. But you didn't think it's kind of like in the mafia movies when like a strange uh, gangster would come to town, he'd have to go check in with the dawn of the, of the the yeah. the borough or the block whatever right check in and say oh, yeah. i want to do yeah. this and yeah yeah so you just got to make sure you mind your p's and q's now the other pro- part of the process i'm really enjoying is um the equipment and testing it out and uh, you know, trying to to get the best quality for the budget we have, and I really enjoy that because I I like gadgets, right? Um, so and yeah. my son is all for it too. He's right into that. Um, my daughter not so much, but what she likes is uh, the directing aspect of it. Yeah. So he doesn't like to direct I anyway. Mean, <laughs> you know, that's everybody that's what yeah. everyone says. All I yeah. want to do is so direct. that's like, uh that's my update. Yeah, you get the easy job. <laughs> well, that's a great update. It sounds like that you are you got a healthy balance of fun and not mun, mind numbingness. So you know, yeah, it's that's uh, awesome. pretty cool. So 
Yeah, I guess we're good so, to end it there. That, that's awesome. All right. Uh, well, so yeah, as, as yeah, usual, so, plug all um, the all the links below uh, will be there, and uh, yeah, yeah, do our sign off. So, a uh, question for today: um, If you're watching this, um, I, we would love to hear from you. What are some things about the process that excite you? And what are some things about the process that drive you nuts? Leave your comments down below. Let us know what you think. Um, what pizza, uh, What what part of animation uh, uh, stuff in the news do you want us to talk about? Uh, you can also email vs.valleystudios at gmail.com. Uh, also, uh, I am going to plug here. Um, please, if you are in the Oswego, Illinois area, um, we are launching the uh, electrifyingly awesome or the shockingly amazing artwork contest through Valley Electric. Um, kids between the ages of 8 and 15 get the opportunity to draw an electrician doing their thing, whether it's wiring a house or going to a job site or putting in a light bulb. We have contestants, which is amazing. So I'm going to plug it again. Um, I will leave a link in the description to the entry video on our Facebook page, it, uh, make sure you have your mom or your dad or guardian or somebody help you with it. Um, but we, the fact that we have uh, submissions is amazing. So please get your submissions in. I'm going to leave all that down below. Um, be sure to like us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, all the links and everything are going to be down below. Thank you so much for watching. You've just been clued in. We're getting a clue, but now we got a clue out for there it is. 